tilt on jersey in the stands. I'm going to hit yeah, you on a slide. That's the flip. You can hear the full song on Spotify. It's by Xavier Top Floor. It's the Fluent and Chill theme song. Jay, how you doing, man? Dope, right? I'm feeling that. I'm absolutely feeling that. It's the flip. Dope, right? um, we got some NBA playoffs where we're going to start talking about some round two matchups because mm-hmm. the round one matchups are starting to one by one send a bunch of people fishing. Um, we're going to do – we've got the West, the entire mm-hmm. second round of the West of our all-time fra- favorite franchise, all-time greatest franchise, NFL draft. I'm going to pick mm-hmm. your brain a little bit. We've got a couple of really good mailbag or mail drop questions that I, want, that I want to get to. But let's we're starting in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I want to actually start with this one because I was actually really impressed. It's not what I expected. And I don't know why I didn't expect it. But post-game yesterday, the Warriors obviously knocked out the Nuggets. And I was expecting Draymond to be Draymond. Mm-hmm. He came out and said, you know what? At the end of the game, he went and thanked Jokic for making him better. Mm-hmm. He had nothing but praise. He's so skilled. He's so talented. And normally when you have a person that that's that skilled, they're soft, he's not. There's a lot of really, a lot of praise from mm-hmm. Draymond for Jokic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. And again, I say, I don't know why I was surprised. Right? Like Draymond, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Were you surprised well, lot, by the uh, comments? A lot of times, Stone, when you see Draymond, how do you see him? You see him animated. You don't yeah. see him giving guys a lot of praise. You see him mostly talking about his team and what his team did and how they dealt with any other team, right? So to go against Joker, we're looking at a guy who I don't know if I'm going to play against anybody better in the playoffs. So, and to handle myself against him, even though Joker, I think he went 31 and 11 in the playoffs against them in this series. I thought that Draymond did as good a job as he could possibly do on him. I mean, he had a, he had a stretch where Joker was six for 25 against him. And I have to believe that, you know, Draymond definitely got better playing against him because I'm not going to see anybody like that. Or I'm not going to see anybody better than him for the rest of the playoffs. I doubt that very seriously. So I should be able to handle myself against anybody else. So with that being said, thank you, Joker. I appreciate you, brother. I, I appreciate everything that you did for me. You made me better. And once we get to the next round, I'll just be more prepared. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I can't say that I'm surprised Tom, more than I am. I'm, I'm not surprised more than I am. I'm grateful for, for him saying that. Cause I think that's dope. Uh, yeah. I, I listen, I, I watched it over and over again going, I really like to hear this. And, and here's the I thing. Think that's dope. And I go back a week and I was on player's choice mm-hmm. and Draymond had said, you know, some people just aren't built for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And some of them were saying he was referring to to Joker. And I said, no, nah, I think he's talking about KD. I think he's taking a shot at KD. Some people just aren't built for the playoffs. And now I feel more than ever, I think he was talking to KD. And that's why it's because I heard them saying, oh, he's talking about Jokic. And then to hear this, I'm like, I don't think he was talking about Jokic. I think he was talking well, about KD. Well, the, the issue that I'm having, Tone, is it's kind of a contradiction because – I look at him talking about KD and I mean, you're the one who called him up. You're the guy who called him up to bring him to Golden State. And he was the guy who pushed you guys over the hump. You obviously didn't think that you had enough to beat that Cleveland team. So he was the finals MVP twice and not just twice in a row. So if I'm not mistaken, I think 
I think it's 11 guys in NBA history, including Kevin Durant, who are finals MVPs in back-to-back seasons. Not even in back-to-back seasons, just, just won the finals MVP twice, two times or more. So I'm not buying the, the notion that Kevin Durant isn't built for the playoffs. I think the problem that we have in town, and a lot of people do not want to accept this, KD getting old, man. KD got a lot of miles on him. You know, that's an interesting point that you bring up because we look at Tom Brady – Mm-hmm. LeBron James, yep. and and we think that oh no, guys can play you know into their late thirties and forties, and that's not oh, the case. Man. You typically when you hit thirty three, thirty four, w- once you get to that that wrong side of thirty, yeah, almost everybody has had a not just a decline, a drop off, right? So the fact that we I think forget all the other players who just dropped off, and now we're looking at the exceptions, the two or three that aren't having as huge of a drop off. And I keep telling people, like, look at the masses. Don't take, you know, don't look at Nolan Ryan, who pitches till he's 40, Tom Brady, who's going to play, and, you know, LeBron, who's going to play till they're 50. Right. The average player at, you know, 33, 34, forget about it. They're they're a different, they're a different animal than they were at their peak. Right. Um, So I find that that's actually a really good point you bring up, and everybody's body's different. And you mention that all the time, Tone, about, Stop looking at Tom Brady playing until he's 45 because every quarterback's not going to play until they're 45. It's Stop. The exception. We no. always want to look at the exception <laughs> to the rule. Right. Like, you know, any player, any sport, oh, look, they do this, right? They go 100 yards a game, 50 right. points a game, whatever it is. Oh, but look at this one time where they did 12. Well, okay, that's one time. That's yes, it. everybody has a bad game, a bad yes. series, whatever. So that's why I was saying, why, why do I tell you? I don't like judging players too early. It's only even if it's five years, that's not enough. I need nope. 10. Now, if they're not playing anymore, then you gotta do what you gotta do. And you gotta also accept the fact, too, Tone, that in addition to KDB and 33, because you just talked about guys falling off a cliff, Tracy McGrady went off the cliff after <laughs> and he went straight off the cliff. And we gotta accept the fact that 33 doesn't sound old. KD's been in the league 15 years, guys. And he's coming off a major, major injury that. In the old days, that, that would have ended your career. You right. come back from that. So he's not the same guy. 15 years. He's yeah. not the same guy. He's still, he's, in terms of his skill set, I still think he's sharp. But sure. he's starting to – I said this before, Tony, and I stand on it. I believe that we're starting to see the beginning of – he's not over. But I think that we're starting to see the beginning of the end of KD. K, and even KD is the exception because he has such a great skill set that it can kind of carry him through. And, it you know, it, his decline will be – you know, instead of being a cliff, right, it'll yeah. be more gradual because he had, I, I compare him in this sense, scoring wise to Jordan. Mm-hmm. You didn't see a, a like Jordan didn't go from 30 a game to 20 a game. No, he did. Right. He kind of graduated with that because what did he have? He, he developed that turnaround jumper in the post mm-hmm. that kind of carried him through. Same with KD. He's going to find other ways, less impactful ways on mm-hmm. his body to keep scoring. So it's going to be more gradual. Right. All right, let's let's dive in because we've had a couple series end. So let's start there. No surprise on some of them. Um, Heat eliminate the Hawks four one. Mm-hmm. I think you said. I think you called. You said five. I uh, thought that they made quick work of them. I did think that. Any anything other than damn Miami can play some defense. Surprise thought, you about the series? I thought that not not surprise me, but more like confirm that Spo was one of the best coaches ever and his his ability to adjust. So what Cleveland did with Trey Young tone was Cleveland is jumping Trey Young 25 feet away from the basket. 
No, no, Cleveland oh, is. Oh, jumping. you mean, oh, back there. Oh, okay. Cle- Cleveland is jumping Trey Young 25 feet away from the basket with Jared Allen and other bigs. Now, Trey is just blowing his doors off. Well, what they're doing in Miami is we got a bunch of 6'5 and 6'6 six, six guys that we're trapping. And now, not only are we doing that, we're trapping with length and athleticism. So yep. when Bam traps you at six foot nine and his lateral movement is just as good as yours, you're so you dead in the water. Yeah. No, you're dead in the water. That's a, that's a coaching adjustment. And I thought that they did a really good job of doing that. Add that to the fact, Tone, that also putting in a game plan of Gabe Vincent picking up 80 to 90 feet away from the basket and slowing Trey down, which now speeds him up because, well, I made a turnover here, so now I got to hurry up and get us back in the offense. So I thought they did a good job of keeping him off balance, a, a great job at that. The Bucks also make quick work of, of the Bulls. Now, the Bulls, mm-hmm. listen, they had some COVID, some injuries. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it would have kind of even ended more than five, six games, even if they were totally healthy. The book, yeah. The Bucks just looked like the significantly better, like it looked like a, you know, th- it looked more like a two, seven than a three, six matchup, but right. they were clearly the better team, right? Absolutely. They were. And this goes back and I, and Tony, you're not going to suck me into this, but I'm telling you, it looked like what should have happened with Philadelphia and Toronto. We match you guys pretty well in other areas, but ultimately I got Shaquille O'Neal and you don't. And we got Giannis. You don't. So everything else that you have, we got it. This thing right here we have, you don't have it. And that's going to be the difference in the series, which is which would explain why they made quick work of them. Yeah, quick work, even though they lost Chris Middleton, who now is going to be out for the entire second round. We'll get to that in a minute. The other, the other one we didn't think was going to look like a 2-7 matchup, and it looked more like a 1-8 matchup <laughs> where Boston just dismantled the Nets. Um, we were surprised that it was a sweep. But you had Boston winning anyway. I think you had Boston in six. I did. I, I had Boston in six, Tone. I thought that it was going to be a different series. What I saw, which was the most glaring to me, was Jason Tatum looked to me like what Kevin Durant looked like in 17 when he stood in front of LeBron James, when he told him that this the dude you saw five years ago, this is not the same dude. This is a different guy, and I'm going to show it to you. And that's what Jason Tatum looked like to me. He looked like the dude you saw last year in the playoffs – this is a different dude. Even though three of Jason Tatum's, I think, I think two of his three his highest scoring playoff games come against Brooklyn. I think he had he had fifty against them and, and forty against them. So, with that being said, he just looked like a different guy. Now, Tone, anybody to say that they have Boston sweeping Brooklyn, I'm not listening to you because unless you're a diehard <laughs> Celtics fan, I might like you know. Oh, Celtics are four. Fine, you may have <laughs> right. said that, but if you're not one of us, the Celtics fans, I, I don't believe you. And you didn't really mean it. You just no. said that because you're a fan. Yeah, we're gonna beat these guys in four games. No, you're not. You, yeah, you, yeah. You, there's no way that you thought. There's that. no deep, a- no deep analysis there. No. So there's only one series left, which is turning out to be like what you would expect from a four or five matchup. It's it's now game six. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil. Philadelphia ends this in game six. Do you think it goes seven? Does my Raptors in seven prediction the hard way maybe come to, to come to fruition? This, this is nonsense. Because you know if Raptors this in seven, bad. you're never going to hear the end of it from me. This is absolutely nonsense. I can't handle it. I swear. Actually, let me pause for a second and ask you this. Doc Rivers came out and made a bunch of excuses for his 3-1 
series collapses. Do you buy into that, or do you? None think of it. None of it. Just said nothing. Should right. Said nothing. None of it. So, so, so now you're telling me, well, we were the eighth seed and they were the one seed. So, so essentially, you shouldn't even been there. That's what you're okay. trying to tell me. You're telling me that you shouldn't even been there. But the fact that you were there and you actually went up three one on a team who you said quote won a championship that year actually they didn't win a championship that year they won a championship the next year when you didn't make the playoffs by the way so with that being said you still should have beat them you had them down 3-1 i'm not buying the logic that okay they were they were an 8 seed i mean we were we, an 8 we seed, were one seed. seed we were 8 seed and then i think the no. other, well that was the bubble and then you, and then you tried to sell me the, the the logic that we came we we gave houston we gave Houston another chance, even though we didn't have the home court. Actually, you did. Why? Because you went up three games. So you did have the home court. So don't sell me that neither. Chris Paul was playing on one leg. Chris Paul wasn't playing on one leg when you went up 3-1, was he? Or did he? Well, I, yeah, I, I, that's, I, that's what he was saying. He was, oh, my he, God. You know, he got hurt. You know, game one and two, you know, he wasn't there, and then he was on you know, one but leg. And, but it looks, like they, it, it looks like it didn't affect him. Why? Because they went up 3-1. You, you know what? You know what I would have rather. And then the last one, he says, "Hey, the last one we blew." He gave. You know what I would have much rather heard from that? Nothing. No. Well, okay, nothing is ideal, but you got it. Look, they're asking, so you have to say something, right? So you you know me. I'm all about transparency and being forthright. And I would say, "Yep, happened three times, and I've learned from each and every one of them." That would ended it. it right there. That's we're it. Done. And I'm done. We're, and I've learned from we're, each and every one of them. We're, we're done. Don't tell me that. Next, well, this is the question. reason why we did next this. Question. No, we're, we're done, Tone. That, that's it right there. We're finished. I'm not here to make excuses. Oh, I'm, I can't change the past. I've learned from every... Listen, every failure you have is a step to success. That's it. I learned from everyone. Next question. And Tony, and you know what? I guarantee you he gets way more way more respect if he says I can't something. believe I'm, I'm getting sucked into this again with you. I I, I, I can't believe I'm letting you suck me into this. It's not this. my I, fault that, it's not I, my I, fault I gotta, that they're, he's going to be the first coach to blow a 3-0 lead. Tone, don't say that! I, oh my God, I can't handle it. I can't. <laughs> this is too much, yo. I can't. You or are, do you blame Embiid? Do you blame the process? Tone. Is Embiid again? soft? No. What was sure? the... Okay. What Does he have the, the mental fortitude when things when he faces adversity, yes, he does. Prove it. Here's my question, Tom. <laughs> what was the plan going into this series? The plan was Tobias Harris. I can't get dominated by Siakam. In order for us, <clears throat> in order for us to have a chance to win this series, I gotta not. I don't necessarily have to match him, but I can't get dominated by him. And that didn't happen. He almost, he, he almost, I almost can almost a, say. Almost he, a wash. Almost. almost. Yeah, I almost can say he played him to a tie. Okay, great. Now, Maxi outplayed, Maxi outplayed Van Fleet. Van Fleet even got hurt. Mm-hmm. These guys are small. James Harden wasn't great, but he was good enough, right? He was good enough as a distributor, as a playmaker, and knocked down enough shots for us to have a chance to win. Well, what's the difference? The difference in this series is exactly what I just told you five minutes ago. We have a Kim Olajuwon and you don't. That was the game plan and it was working. It was working just fine, Tone. But now what are we doing? We're gonna get cute. Not only are we gonna get cute, I think that I can coach just as well as you can. And we don't <laughs> have to do that. You know why we don't have to do that? Because you're gonna get into a coaching battle with him and you're gonna lose. 
You're going to get into an X and O battle with him. You're going to get into a strategy battle with him. You're going to get into an adjustment battle with him, and you're going to lose. And we all know that you're not very good at those things. So keep, I believe in basketball there was a term that was that – was, the acronym was KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Oh, that's everywhere. That's not just in basketball, but absolutely. Do not, do not complicate this. And now what's happened, Tone, Doc Rivers has now complicated this thing. And now you want to suck me in again? I'm not going to yell. I'm not. All right, I'm, I'm going to move. I'm going to move. I'm, one more question about this series. Actually, a specific player. Is it time for Danny Green to retire? I'm, I've been over Danny Green for the last two years, Tone. I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't. But because he's I, out, he's out there to knock down open threes, and he's not doing it. No, he's not. Not only is he not doing it, Danny Green has also been an All League defender multiple times. So with that being said, he's also out there to play defense too, and he hasn't done that neither. Yeah, when your three and D guy isn't playing D and isn't hitting threes, um, what is he? <laughs> Why are you here? So, 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 so I'm clear. What are so, you doing? So here? let me ask. So Miami's going to play one of these two teams. Mm-hmm. Do either one of them have a shot against Miami? And which one do you think actually has a better shot at upsetting Miami? If you had to pick one. Toronto, and I, 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 I'd say Toronto simply because of the coaching of Nick Nurse, his ability to adjust. I think that I think that Spo would run circles around Doc Rivers. I think I, that the- I, I, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say to to the to this series, like you always say, they have they have Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. and that's something Toronto can't match. I'm not saying they can match Bam, but they've got enough six nine length uh, on the defensive side and mm-hmm. offensive side to give him trouble. But they also have Right, what's what's always been the knock against Kyle Lowry? Well, he's a smaller point guard. Well, mm-hmm. same with Toronto. Jimmy Butler, listen, Jimmy Butler gave them fits when he was a Sixer, mm-hmm. but they have guys like, you know, Scotty Barnes and, and OG and Siakam mm-hmm. who their length will bother Butler. So I yeah. think matchup isn't as good. And Philadelphia, although I think Miami, I don't think either one actually can beats Miami. Um, but I think Toronto. I, I agree. I think Toronto has a better chance. All right, Milwaukee, Boston. So we know that Middleton is out for the whole series. Does mm-hmm. that swing the series to Boston? I do think that tone, and I think that simply because the same reason why when you when you take twenty two a game out of your lineup, and that that not, that's not twenty two that you're getting on occasion. That's part of your offense. So now I got to depend on that. Now that that's out of my offense, I got to revamp my offense. Right. And not only do I have to revamp my offense, other guys have to be more responsible. Now, you just mentioned it to me not too long ago about Draymond Green saying that there are some guys who aren't really built for the playoffs. Well, Tone, it's one thing to play in the playoffs. It's something completely different when your responsibility goes up now. And now I need more from you. And there's a lot of guys who can't handle that. So now I'm taking Middleton, who's a scorer, who's also a defender, who's another ball handler that I have. Right. So now he's out of the lineup. So. Now what that's going to do is that's going to put pressure on a, on a number of my other guys. That means that Bobby Portis has to do more now. That means Drew Holiday has to do more. That means Giannis has to do even more than what he's already doing. Right. Now, I look at what Boston has done defensively, what they did with KD and what they did with Kyrie Irving. Now, I will tell you this, Tone. If you think that the idea of being physical with Giannis is going to work, you're, not, you're going to have to scrap that idea because that's the way Giannis plays. So if you think that you're going to try to rough him up like you did KD – that's not going to work because he wants to play like that. And he wants to get in there and bang and, and get physical with guys. So that's 
and it's not uh, the the idea isn't well. We're gonna play like that anyway. We're not scared, no. Because again, Giannis plays like that anyway, yeah. and playing like that is playing right into his hands. Yeah, I think. Listen, I think with their length, um, they're gonna throw two, three guys at him and mm-hmm. say, "Look, we're not gonna let you beat us." If someone else steps up, if Drew Drew Holiday, if you know whatever steps up, and and then we lose, hey, we're, we'll we'll live with that because we don't think you could do that four times mm-hmm. out of seven. And I think that's what's going to happen. And we're going to see, can they? Because the other thing, and you know this, I know this, if someone like Holiday is asked to now step up their scoring, that does take away from your playmaking and from your defense. It just does, right? Like, that's why a lot of times you say, hey, I'm the scorer. I'm going to take the, you know, second, third, fourth best player on their team so that I can kind of get a break a little bit, mm-hmm. save my energy. Well, Holiday's the other way. He's one of the best, or you think, one the best perimeter defenders. I do think that. So now if he's going to take expunge, you know, work some of that, take some of his uh, energy and use it on the offensive end, that's mm-hmm. going to take away from his defense. It's just going to happen, which also hurts the team. Mm-hmm. If we go to the West, not quite as many. We only have one series that's over. This, the possibly two-time back-to-back MVP just run out of the building 4-1 mm-hmm. against what looks to be the best team in the West right now. Mm-hmm. Because if you got Curry <clears throat> at full strength, Clay at full strength, Pool, Pool, wow, um, and Draymond, and Wiggins. We don't even talk about Wiggins anymore, right? Guys dropping twenty on you, playing defense, four-one. Um, so Golden State's in. Are the other series? Where do let's let's start at the top? Phoenix, New Orleans. Is it going seven, or does Phoenix end it? I think it could go seven, but I think that Phoenix ends it uh, again. Tone, like I said, with a, with a. With this Milwaukee series, when you take 26 a game out of your lineup, it's going to hamper you. And I thought that this would be, if Booker had been available, I thought this would be a four or five game series. And I, but I thought it would be a fight, but I thought that they would handle them in four or five games. Well, when you take that out of your lineup, now that means that other guys have to do more. Mikael Bridges has to do more. Aiton has to do more. Uh, Cam Johnson has to do Bridges, These guys now, Bridges did. Bridges stepped absolutely. up in that last game. He looked great. Tone, when I watch him, the more I watch him, I just see Eddie Jones. That's the guy that I'm looking at when I see Mikael Bridges. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more and more of a big fan of his. I think that this, I think that they could end this series in six, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven. I thought they did a great job on McCollum and Brandon Ingram in that game five. I mean, we're talking about a guy in Mikael Bridges who, when he was covering those two guys, they went two for 15. And the mm-hmm. reason why is because FYI, go ball. look up Eddie Jones. Just if, yeah. Yeah, if if you don't know who he is, go look up mm-hmm. Eddie, Eddie Jones. What, sure. what he what he what he did was the same thing that Boston did with KD. Keep these guys off rhythm. When this dude gets off the ball, do not let him get the ball back. And when they do that for a number of different trips, I mean, Brandon Ingram had one point in the fourth quarter. I thought that was great defense that they did that they had on him. But I I, I think that this could go six. I mean, I think it could go seven, but I think Phoenix handles them tonight. Dallas heads back to Utah. For game six. Is this one over? Tone, this series was over in game two. And this series was over in game two simply because Luca was out of the lineup. You cannot go back to Salt Lake City tied one. Tied one you one. had to take both of those games. Their best player is out of the lineup. Not only is their best player out of the lineup, you guys are at full strength and you have everything you need to beat these guys. Involving Rudy in the offense more than you have has you have not involved him more, which which is why. What's going on with you guys is just not working. You have not involved him. I, I'm, I've, I've just about had it with watching Donovan Mitchell take bad shots and just be undisciplined. 
And I understand that Donovan Mitchell is the engine that makes them go offensively. But if he would involve I, I, I'm, I've been screaming this tone for so long. If he would involve Rudy and these guys more, then I just think that it would open up their offense even more. But the fact that he doesn't, it just speaks volume to his game that he's primarily a scorer. And whatever's going on with him and Rudy, it's just not working. I think, and I, think still, this, I think he's still mad about the COVID thing. And I think that this series, I, to be honest with you, Tony, I think this series does go back to Dallas in, in, in Dallas oh, but, in seven. Oh, but you think it goes back to Dallas? I think it's mm-hmm. done. I think it's done in six. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay, so let's quickly then, Phoenix-Dallas. What does that matchup look like? I think, well, Book at that, at, at that point, Book will be healthy. And I, I still stand on what I said about Phoenix being the best team in the Western Conference. I think that they win the West. I think that they handle Dallas. I think that they can beat Dallas in five games, five, six games tops. I think that they can handle Dallas. So I think that they have everything that Dallas has Step, they are a better defensive team. And I think that's going to be the difference in the series. The last one is Memphis, Minnesota. Memphis is up 3-2. Is the West in trouble? Because Memphis is looking like they're going to come out of this series and they haven't played well. If they start to play... Like they haven't played well. If they is it just is it nervousness? Is it is it you know first you know playoff jitters? Is it I, I don't know because if they play the way they play in the regular season, that's not what they're doing right now. I will tell you this, Tom. Have you ever? I'm, I'm sure that you have. You you've been on a team where as this series. First of all, the series should already have been over. I Minnesota agree. should have beat the Minnesota, Minnesota should have beat these dudes in five. Yeah, you can't games. you can't lose twenty point leads and you know back to back games. And, this yeah, series should have already been over. But the difference in this series is one word and one word only, discipline. And that comes from coaching. Because there is nothing worse than watching a team look at another team and go, they're going to let us back in it. Don't worry. Just keep playing. But neither, t- neither team looks disciplined. Even Memphis looks sloppy. And that's, and that's going to be the difference in them losing to the Golden State Warriors because they're going to go up against a more disciplined, more veteran-laden team that's smarter and plays smarter. And I think that's why – if I had Memphis in six in this series anyway, I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven, but I did have Memphis in six, Tone, and I told you that I thought that this series would be a lot more competitive. And I have to tell you, Tone, and I might get killed for this, I think Cat is a number one on a playoff team. I think he's a number two on a contender. I think he's a number three on a championship team. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't – He he's not – I hate to say it. Everybody wants to make him, you know, the guy – but he's not. He's a two or, th- or, or a three, and that's okay. Um, all right, so we got Minnesota, and then obviously you mo- I think we both agree, I think Golden State, unless Memphis mm-hmm. does something crazy. Although they didn't – it's funny. In the regular season, we talked about how mm-hmm. Memphis matched up really well against Golden State, and it would be mm-hmm. trouble. But what the what I'm seeing, the Memphis playoff team I'm seeing, is not that mm-hmm. same team. So, all right. Now we're going to go back. We're going to jump in the time machine, and we've got the entire West, the second round. So I will give you the matchups. Let me get my pen over here. I'll give you the matchups. We'll pick the winner. So round one, I'm going to start at the bottom of the bracket. And I, I, you know what? I don't know that I've actually released the bracket. So I will. I promise because there's been people asking. I will release the bracket. I will also post all the teams. And in fact, Dominic, who created this, is going to join me one day on my Fluent on the Farm Tuesdays. And he's going to explain how he came up with these teams. So we're going to start with the Rockets and the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Battle of Texas. All right, so let's see. Who do we got? Let me see. I-35 so got... series. The I-35 series. Mm-hmm. So we've got, 
on the Spurs, no surprise on some of these, we got Tony Parker. And remind me if we made any changes because I will, I am marking them down this time, which I didn't mm-hmm. do in round one. Tony Parker, Silas, Gervin, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Manu Ginobili. Silas. James Silas. Yeah, James Silas was really good. Absolutely, he was. Mm-hmm. James Silas was really good. Duncan. Um, was he better than was he better than Sean Elliott? I don't know if James Silas was better than Sean Elliott. But all right, though. Okay. okay. I, I, I'll go with I'll we'll go stick with, with it. Okay, Rockets. Mm-hmm. We've got James Harden, mm-hmm. Tracy McGrady, Ru- Rudy T. Ra- I think we took Rudy T out. Ralph Sampson, Hakeem, mm-hmm. Calvin Murphy. And Calvin Murphy. Yeah. I can't say the last name Murphy without thinking Dave Chappelle. Charlie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, think, I look at that, I look at that Rockets team and Tracy McGrady does not have to complicate this thing because we got a large one. I've seen Tracy McGrady play with a big man. Now I remember, it's 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 the Houston Rockets Tracy McGrady, right? The best Tracy McGrady, okay. right? So I've seen Tracy McGrady play with a big man in Yale, and he kind of complicated this thing a little bit more. So with the Lajuan, I think that he doesn't have to complicate it. I think that he could be more effective playing through a Lajuan. And playing off of Lajuan, especially with Ralph Sampson. And I think that they, even though as, as big as a as big as Spurs fan as I am, I think that Duncan and Ralph Sampson will be a great matchup. But I think Houston handles them in six games. So here's my issue with this. From a talent perspective, I go Rockets. And and I, I don't even hesitate and I say Rockets. Mm-hmm. But from an actual in-game perspective, Duncan and Robinson, Samson and Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say they cancel out, but they, I think they, they, they play pretty close in terms of what they end up producing against each other. Right? We forget how good of a defensive player Tim Duncan was. How good, you know, mm-hmm. David Robinson, obviously Hakeem. Um, Ralph Samson, I, I think of more. I don't think of as much. I don't know. I don't think of him on the – I'm not saying he's a bad defender on the same level as those guys defensive. No, I don't. Right. I don't think that. So that's why I say, I think it washed. Then I look at the backcourt and I think, okay, Parker and Silas Harden and McGrady. Well, what, what, what do I know about Harden and McGrady? I know that Harden is a capable playmaker, but he doesn't want to be. He want he's very ball dominant at his core. That's who he wants to be. That's why he left OKC, right? There was money too, but really he wanted to, you know, he loved playing for D'Antoni where it was like, give the ball to Harden and everybody move out of the way and, you know, shoot a three or, you know, get a dunk. McGrady, I'm not saying he isn't a capable playmaker, but McGrady mm-hmm. also is a put the ball in my hands. Like he didn't want to share the spotlight with, with his own cousin in Toronto, which is why he went to Orlando. So I see kind of these egos where, hey, we've got Samson and Olajuwon throw it into the big man, right? Olajuwon. For all, I speak, as you know, very, very highly of Olajuwon. But when he won, he was on a team with, especially the first championship he won, a bunch of role players. And they were like, you're the dude. I don't know how he would react to, I'm getting in the post, I'm getting my position, I'm working hard, and you're shooting the logo three. That might just drive him nuts. I could see him getting in a fight with James Harden. 
And I think now when I look at the Spurs, <laughs> see, you're thinking about it now. And then when you I think come, the Spurs, next time you come down, if I'll touch the ball, if it's you don't be give you me the me. ball, it's, we it's fight be you and me. Right? I see, and I see Parker and Silas going, Hey, we know, you know, where our bread is buttered. And here you go. Facts. And they just feeding the feeding the feeding it into the post. So now I'm pretty even, right? And so it comes down to my small forward position. Well, no disrespect to Rudy T. He's not on George Gervin's level. He is not. Especially scoring-wise. No, he's So not. Gervin is going to destroy that matchup. And then I also got Manu coming off the bench, who should be a starter on any team. He's probably the best sixth man in history. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and, and, and he's on this team. Again, no disrespect to Calvin Murphy. Mm-hmm. I feel like in a seven-game series, especially because I'm being coached by Pop, who's mm-hmm. coaching the Rockets? Is it Not Rudy T? T? Not Rudy T. It can't be Rudy uh-huh. T. He's playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's playing. So it can't be Rudy T. So I feel like the Spurs sneak one out in seven. And here's the do thing I did it? Did I do about. enough to convince you? Or are you still on the Rockets? And the reason why I'm on the Rockets is simply because what we're going to do is James Harden is who he is in the playoffs, and we do know that. So what we're going to do with James Harden, same thing with Tracy McGrady. What we're going to do with James Harden is we're going to interchange James Harden when we get into the meat and potatoes of the game, like Gary Payton and Jason Williams on that Miami Heat team in 06. You can start the game, but what we're going to do is we're going to go with Calvin Murphy down the stretch. And Calvin Murphy knows that where our bread is always butter is with this guy right here. And I, and not only that, Calvin Murphy was buckets, but he knew when to be buckets. And he could play in the playoffs. So I think that he would be smart enough. The question that, that, the question that needs to be answered is, is who is coaching the Rockets? Who's if it's, if the it's Rockets? Mike D'Antoni, they lost. They lose. I, like, I think you got to bring back Rudy T. He's, the older Rudy T. You're going to have two of them. Yeah. Young guy playing, old guy old yeah, guy Bill coaching. Russell. Absolutely. I'm good with that. And if Rudy T's coaching, the, the, the older Rudy T's coaching, I think that they beat the Spurs in seven. Is, is, it because you can't, is it because you can't underestimate the heart of a champion? Is that... that has a lot to do with it. Absolutely. <laughs> they, they're all champions, though. I, listen, I'm, I'll, I'll let you have it, but I... For the record, I think it's Spurs and seven, but okay, we'll mm-hmm. go rock. We we'll go Rockets. We we'll go Rockets. Right. It's hard to bet against a large one. And like I said, I'll go with the reason I'll, I'm I'm not fighting it too hard is the Rockets are more talented, mm-hmm. top to bottom. They are more talented. All right, the next one is the Warriors. I can't even believe that the Kings are in the second round when I think of how bad they are now. But we forget they weren't always this bad. So we got the Warriors. Let me let me give you the Kings first. We've got the older. Oscar Robertson, Mitch Richmond, uh, Jack Twyman, Chris Weber, Jerry Lucas, and Tiny Archibald. The Warriors. Can you tell me why I'm saying this, guys? I always say it's Paul Arzine, but it's not Paul Arzine. A reason, a right, a reason, right? A reason. Arzine it's is so Ar- much- it's, Ar- it's Paul Arzine, as a matter of Arzine. It's so much yeah, easier Paul, to say Arzine. Paul Arzine. Arzine. I'm, I'm the worst with names. I admit it. Okay, Arzine. Paul Arzine. I'm still going to call him Arzine. Uh, Steph Curry. Rick Barry, Nate Thurman, Wilt Chamberlain, Chris Mullen. Funny, funny, funny question, actually. Someone asked me today. Uh, actually, someone commented and said, Wilt Chamberlain never played with a top 75 player. And then I gave him the list. <laughs> and then I gave him the list. And then I gave him the list. And I went, I said, yeah. And then someone said, what about Nate Thurman? And I had to think about it for a minute. And then I remembered the Warriors drafted Nate Thurman. Wilt was still there. And he backed him up for those first two years. So, yes, he even played with Nate Thurman, who's a top 75 player. So I even missed one. Mm-hmm. I gave a list of five or six, 
and then I missed, and I even missed one. So mm-hmm. yes, Wilt has played with top seventy-five players. Correct. So, so uh, Paul Arz, say it again. Arizin. Paul Arizin, mm-hmm. Arzine. Paul Arizin, Steph Curry, Rick Barry, Nate Thurman, Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain, and Chris Mullen. Mm-hmm. I think that they handle Sacramento in five games. I've, I yeah. How did I Sacramento? Think- Sacramento must have, oh, it's because Sacramento had the Grizzlies in round one. That's yeah, why. That's why they got uh, that's why they, they got, got they got lo- they got the lucky bracket. Yeah, they got okay. a good yeah. matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they got, got a good because I think Warriors, I think I don't even think it goes five. Mm-hmm. I just think about I think about Oscar as good as Oscar was. The best version of Oscar was in it was a buck, yeah. Yeah, was as a buck. And I think that this version of Oscar was a lot. He's smarter, but he doesn't have the wheels that he used to have. Not only does he not have the wheels that he used to have, he doesn't score it like he used to. He doesn't rebound it like he used to. And I think, and add that to the fact that, don't forget, Tone, in Kansas City, you know, Bob Cousy coached that team, which means that they had some turmoil there. Like, Bob Cousy came out of retirement and played. Bob Cousy, Oscar Robinson said he had lost a lot of respect for Bob Cousy when he did that. Came out of retirement and put a uniform on at 40 years old. It's like, what the hell are you doing, man? Are you, are you kidding me? So, I think that the Warriors mock these dudes in five games. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Uh, FYI, if anyone wants to pay pay another 40-year-old to come out of retirement to play, I'm in. Uh, I'll take the money any, any day. <laughs> Not especially, me. Uh-huh. Especially the way they play uh, The way they pay now, I'm in. Not me. <laughs> All right. You're, you're lying. Uh-uh. I can't you're play You're telling me Eric Sprolster Eric calls you up. And says, man, we need a 15th man or else we're not allowed to play. We need to, you know, have a full roster. We're going to give you the vet minimum. What is like six seventy five a year? Just come in and help us out in practice. You're not playing? I don't, I don't know. Come on, man. I, I, I can't You're in better it, shape though. than I am, and I, I'd do it. <laughs> I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'd be like that. Remember there's that movie. Um, I want to say it's um, – Robert Robert De Niro and I forget who the other they come out of retirement for to like box again and they're like you know like oh, sixty pounds overweight they got oh, these big right. bellies and Robert like, De Niro and Sylvester Stallone and Sylvester Stallone. yeah that that'd be me I'm in uh, <laughs> we got Suns and Nuggets all right so Steve Nash mm-hmm. Kevin Johnson Walter Davis mm-hmm. Alvin Adams Amari Stoudemire Sean Marion oh yeah because we have Chuck okay. I don't know if Kevin Johnson is off. I don't know if Kevin Johnson is on. I think we got to take Kevin Johnson on and put Paul Westfall on it. Hmm. I really like KJ though. I love KJ. He he wasn't better than he wasn't better than Steve Nash. You can you can if you want to take KJ, you want to take KJ and put him as a six man, I'm good with that. I have no problem with that. But so you want you want to so do okay, so let me ask you this. Do you want to take KJ out? You want to put KJ in at in the six man role and get rid of Sean Marion and I'm put good Westfall in? I'm okay, good. so I'm let's do that. that. Mm-hmm. So let's that. keep let's keep KJ and let's move Marion. All right, I, I like that better. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Marion's anyways. All right, so we got that. That's the Suns team against the Nuggets team. Fat Lever, David Thompson, Alex English, Dan Issel, Nikolai Jokic, and my my favorite player. I, I just loved watching Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Man, I think Denver beats them. I love Fat Lever. I don't like Fat Lever. I love Fat Lever. He would give Steve Nash hell. <laughs> he would give Steve. He would give Steve Nash hell. If, 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 for, for those of you who don't know, Fat Lever is Deion, Dejounte Murray. That's Fat Lever today, except taller. That's exactly yeah. who you're looking at when you look at Fat Lever. So 
Um, we're talking about a guy who can rebound the ball, one of the better distributors in the game, one of the better defenders in the game. He would give Steve Nash hell. And I'm a huge Steve Nash guy. But I think Paul Westhead having to deal Paul, – Paul Westhead. Westfall. Westfall. I'm sorry, not Paul Westfall. Paul Westhead and, and Walter Davis. I, I'm not Walter Davis. David Thompson. I think David Thompson wins that matchup. I think that they speed the game up in Denver. Just like they speed the game up in Phoenix, because I think that their guy is probably going to be Mike D'Antoni. I think they speed the game up in Denver. Either Mike D'Antoni, I think the, the, the coach in Denver is Doug Moe. I think Doug Moe is their guy. I think that they they speed the game up in Denver, but they don't speed the game up like they do in Phoenix. And I think that that's to Denver's advantage, because what Denver's going to do is they're going to try to slow them down and play defense. Like They, they don't have a... They don't, they don't have the the athletes that, that Denver has. I don't think that Phoenix has those guys. I think my, Denver my, beats these guys in six. My, my issue with Phoenix is where's the scoring going to come from? Mm-hmm. Right? Because when I look at the Nuggets, we know who Nikola Jokic is. We're watching him play. He's a back-to-back mm-hmm. probably MVP, and he can shoot. He can pass. Like He can do everything. Mm-hmm. Who scored the most points in the, in the, in the decade of the 80s? Oh, that's easy. That's Alex English. What team is he on? The uh-huh. <laughs> He's on the So you have Jokic distributing to the guy who scored the most points in an entire decade of the 80s that had, I know he wasn't a scorer, but had Magic, Bird, Jordan, Olajuwon, you know, uh, Wilkins, Do- Drexler, Doc, Dom, like so many scorers. And he's the one that led the led the league. So, you know, no. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that enough. And then you have Abdul Rauf coming off the bench who in today's game, woo, he'd be a different player. We'd be talking about him with with Trey Young and Steph, mm-hmm. and he'd be in that conversation and book. Yes, that's the be. kind of guy he would be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm with you on the Nuggets. All right, then we got the buy. The Lakers had the buy their first round buy, so we'll go Lakers and Jazz, New Orleans and Utah. Um, so let let's go through the Lakers team once again. We've got Magic. Kobe. Mm-hmm. This is the hardest team to put together because I think there's someone's going to be someone's left off this team. So you got Magic, Kobe. Look how many people just you can name them with one name. Magic, Kobe, uh, Baylor, Kareem, Shaq, West. Verse. Stockton, Pete Maravich, Dantley, Malone, Gobert, Hornacek. I think the Lakers handle them dudes. What I'd like I'm not to see, I'm though, not just Tom, saying this because I'm a Laker fan, but yeah. man, <laughs> that team, I, that team is. <laughs> even though the, the and, and remember with with Magic with Jabbar, I mean the Jazz took them to seven games in '88 when they won the NBA championship. But Jabbar was over. This ain't the you talking about the Jabbar who. When he first got to the Lakers. That That's right. Dude. You're taking the best version of them yeah. on that. We're talking about we're talking about that dude, just like we're talking about the '97 Carl Malone. We're talking about the yeah. You're uh, talking MVP Malone. You're talking yeah, yeah, absolute. We, and we, I'm, I'm having a difficult time seeing the Lakers lose to these dudes. I think that Magic being a distributor that he is, how they're gonna speed the game up, how Magic would get Jabbar involved, how he would get Shaq involved, how he would actually turn Shaq more into a defender and a rebounder, and we're going to run the offense through Jabal. That's exactly what we're going to do. Oh, Shaq, oh, we yeah. need you to rim protect. We'll, Shaq, we'll have you rim protect, and we'll have you run the floor, like Ralph Sampson basically did with Elijah Wan. That's what we're going to do with Shaq. 
And what we're going to do with Jabbar is we'll run the offense through you. And Elgin Baylor and J- Elgin Baylor, Kobe and Magic, just get out in the lane and run. And here's the, here's the best part, because I talked about it earlier, like with mm-hmm. Harden being who Harden is. With Magic in the backcourt, he's going to keep Kobe in check. He's he Kobe's not going to be doing great because he respects him, right? Yeah. Kareem, same thing with Shaq. He's going to get you. I think Kareem's going to get you, not just Magic. Kareem's going to get you the best version of Shaq because Shaq will be like, let me know, let me know what to do, Cap. Let me know mm-hmm. what to do, Cap. Right? He has mm-hmm. that respect of the players. So all those kind of tendencies. I even think Kobe and Shaq probably even end up being forced to get along because they know mm-hmm. they're going to get smacked upside the head if they try to go against Cap and Magic. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's here's what we're looking at now. So here's the round, uh, the round two matchups that are or, yeah, the round three matchups. Excuse me. It's our we're to the elite eight mm-hmm. in the East. No surprise, we got the Sixers and the Nets, the Bucks and the Celtics, the Lakers and the Suns, Warriors and Rockets. We're starting to get into the tougher ones to pick because you know we said, oh, they wipe, they mop the floor with them. Well, they can't keep mopping the floor with everybody, so this is gonna no, be good. It's gonna be a little bit more difficult. Okay, more let's difficult. let's let's switch gears from the NBA. Mm-hmm. Do a little NFL. We got the draft. Um, I've I've admitted that I will not be watching the draft. You're going to be on the our next show. You're going to be our draft insider because I will be dealing with uh, the Toronto Raptors forcing Game Seven tonight. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I guess hey, let's let's go behind the scenes. We record on Thursday. You know what? I'm going to say tonight. I'm going to I'm going to drop this one. We normally drop on Friday. We're going to drop it on Thursday. So this is Thursday. You're watching us now. Normally we drop on Friday, and you know we're missing a day. So we're going to talk NFL, um, NFL draft. Is there anything I know? I want to talk about one quarterbacks in the first round because this is a quarterback, just light draft. And I might mm-hmm. say something that um, surprises people. And then I'm going to give you. There's four big questions. So do you want to start with my Hot take or the four big questions, or do you have something that you're looking forward to in the draft? Let's start with the, let, let's start with your four big questions. Four big questions, okay. <clears throat> and this actually goes to one of my hot takes. Mm-hmm. Both Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield will they get traded during the draft? Well, Tone, you know how I feel about draft night. It's 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 what we call check day. So whatever you want, whatever you want, you can absolutely have it. So when I look at Jimmy G, he's got a favorable contract, and he could be moved on draft day, just like Baker Mayfield. Teams are more apt to give up picks. Things make more sense on draft day to teams than they do in the regular season because on draft night, you know, you're on the clock, and you might miss an opportunity. You know, Baker Mayfield, or as my man Tone likes to call him, Butter. Butter. So, (laughs) as my man Tone likes to call him, Butter. So, he might look more favorable on draft night than he would on any other night, simply because, well, he's going to be healthy and he did get them to the playoffs. Same thing with Jimmy G. The thing about Jimmy G is, and I'm going to get a hot take. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get roasted for this. I don't think the Niners trade him. I think he's going to be there on training camp. Well, you, you want my hot take on these quarterbacks? And, and you know how I feel about Baker. Baker and Jimmy are the two best quarterbacks available in this draft. <laughs> it's not ridiculous to say that, though. It's not. That is not and ridiculous. And furthermore, to say that. not only are they the best two available, 
But just because the NFL is what the NFL is, two of the actual draft class quarterbacks, and they shouldn't, FYI, they should not, two of them will be drafted in the top 10. No one should get... No one should get drafted before 20 of this quarterback class. Two will go in the top 10. I don't think Carolina passes on the kid from Pitt. I just don't. I don't think that they pass on him. I, I think that they I think that they snatch him. Uh, the kid I, from, I think they trade for Jimmy G. Well, for them to trade for him, it's gonna it's gonna cost them. I don't know. I don't know if they can. I don't know if they're going to give up that number 10 pick, even though the 49ers would act. If, if, if you're talking about Carolina giving up that number 10 pick for Jimmy G, the 49ers would absolutely do that. No Just, question about this, it. This, this, this <clears throat> draft is so defensive heavy. Could you imagine mm-hmm. they able, they're able to – the 49ers, your 49ers, are able mm-hmm. to trade Jimmy G for a top 10 pick and get another defender <laughs> on that defense? Oh, my God. That would be All great. Right. Question number two. Kayvon Thibodeau. Reports are his personality is rubbing people the wrong way, and he's going to slide down the draft board. Top five pick, not a top five pick. Not a top five pick because teams are going to be dumb and and let themselves get sucked into that personality thing. And, you know, he doesn't really mess with us. Well, there's going to be a team that goes, well, he messes with us just fine. Because I, I, what, I, what I like to equate it to, Tone, is Jimmy Butler with the Miami Heat, who they said that they said about Jimmy Butler – He's out kind of crazy. Yeah. So, with that being said, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a team that's gonna look at Thibodeau in the top ten, right from six to ten, and go, he's out kind of crazy. We can handle him, absolutely, no question about it. And they're gonna miss those teams that 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 passed on him. They're gonna miss, and they're not gonna be happy about it. I always like to think teams are smarter than they actually are. And I so think you do that all the time too. Every time I tell you, you do that, all you give people a lot more credit than you should, man. You do. I don't understand. And I say, look, he's a top five talent. He's going to go top five. And then I think, well, Aaron Rodgers, they just they didn't like his arrogance. Mm-hmm. And your Niners ended up taking Alex Smith, and he started to slide down the board. And it wasn't so much that teams were like, he's our kind of crazy. They were like, for the amount of talent he has. The Green Bay Packers are like, well, we already have a quarterback, right? They had Brett Favre. And they're like, but he's so – it's such a value pick to get a guy that should have gone number one. To have him down here, we can't pass that up. Let's take a chance. Of, the the, the risk-reward becomes just worth it. I want to say he goes top five. I feel like you're right. I think he's going to slip and someone's going to be at like 15 and go, he's a, he's available still? What? We we didn't even have him on our board because we had no <laughs> shot at him. Oh yeah, we're taking what? him. Absolutely. I, unfortunately, my team doesn't have a top first round pick, so we're not. It's not gonna be us. All right, we're gonna stick with your 49ers. Mm-hmm. Do they trade Debo? No. Mm-hmm. Tom, what not this on was, draft was, night or not at all. At all. What this what what this was was a miscommunication somewhere along the line in the meeting. The 49ers said something wrong. And it ended up rubbing him the wrong way where he was like, I'm out of here. And instead of what Philadelphia did with Ben Simmons, the San Francisco 49ers are getting right in front of this and going, wait a minute, hold on. I don't know what happened, but we can fix this because this is clearly a money issue. So do we like you at 30 million? No. And you don't like us at 22 million. And the reason why is because offensively, 
you feel like you do a lot more than a lot of other wide receivers, and you should be paid that way. You should be paid accordingly. And I think he's right. So I think on some level, he has to be – it has to be made clear to him that, number one, he's valued. Like, we don't just care about you because you run the football. We care about you as a player and as a person, and we're going to pay you accordingly. Now, I don't know if we like you at $30 million, but we can come to some sort of meeting. We can come to some sort of medium. And it might take a minute, but we'll get to the bottom of it. No question about it. I don't think that they trade him. Debo Sam- Samuel, by the end of this draft, will be a Jet. And I think the Jets make an offer to San Francisco that's insane, so good that they have no choice but to take it because they are obsessed with getting a wide receiver. They, they, they were number two in the Tariq Hill thing. They're already seen as the favorite. They want to give Zach Wilson a weapon, especially a versatile weapon. Uh, I believe didn't the coach the the Jets head coach comes from from the 49ers. So there's some familiarity there. Um, so I, I actually think they if, if they don't get him, I'd be very surprised. But I, I guarantee you we hear rumors of like a crazy package. Even if it doesn't go through, you're going to hear later, the Jets offered this, and you're going to go, whoa, how did the 49ers say no to that? And I think they should because I think D, I think Debo, they need to keep Debo in San Francisco. But if I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to 51-49, he's off to the Jets. We got some... Of the quarterbacks, we you know we talked about the quarterbacks. It's not a great quarterback class. The names that keep popping up who are maybe more pro ready: Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, Malik Willis. Will he be the first quarterback off the board from Liberty, or will it be one of those others? I I, I don't know if he's better than Pickett from Pitt, and I like Willis. his, His mobility. I think that his upside in the pocket as a thrower, it just looks a lot better than a lot of guys. But it kind of reminds me of Luca and Tatum, where Pickett looks more polished. Yeah. And because he looks because he looks more polished, I think that they may very well go with him. Now, the plus side is that it's kind of like when Sam Donald was coming out. I'm looking at Sam Donald. I'm like, this guy is a turnover machine. As good as his arm is. I'm telling you right now, when he gets to the pros, it might look like this on paper. He's a turnover machine, and you watch. And it turns out that's exactly what it is. I don't really see a lot of flaws with Pickett. I don't. I, but I still see Willis in the developmental stage. And he may have a better upside. But I think teams are going to see a more polished Pickett and go with him first. Here's my fear with Willis. He played for Liberty, mm-hmm. which means he played against teams that Liberty plays against. So I don't know. I don't know. Like we, we can say, oh, he looks good in the pocket. Oh, he looks good on the move, right? He's got, you know, he's, he's able, he's elusive, he can run. But that was against defenders that were playing against Liberty. You know, if he went to Alabama, right? If he went to Georgia, the level of competition I think would be higher. And I could, I, I feel I could say more about how I feel about him. So as good as he has looked, like you said, I don't know. Is that just because of the competition he played? Like, I look a lot better at the Y than I do, um, you know, if I drop in on uh, Summer League. <laughs> well, Tom, do you feel like, did you feel that same way when Roethlisberger came out being from Miami, Ohio? Did I you did. look at him that way? I do, yeah. I look Every quarterback that doesn't play for a big-name school that plays big colleges, I always say, yeah, he looked good. At, I want to see who they played against. 
right? Mm-hmm. If, the, if you play, like, if it's, a, and I'm not knocking D2 or D3 schools even to, even to that, but I mean, like, if, someone's the, if, uh, if someone's the best D3 player, does that translate or they, can they just go to a D1 school and be great? The, the answer is, I don't know. Maybe, right. but I just, I haven't seen them against that level of competition. Right, Let's guys get under guys I'm get a, under recruited all the time, Tom. Guys I'm, I'm get under recruited. A hundred percent. I'm a guy from Canada, and when I played yeah. high schools in Canada, and then I and then we went and played tournaments in the U.S. where the level of competition yeah. is higher. That's where I really showed if I can hang. Because right, no offense to Canadian high schools, just the level of play what isn't mm-hmm. as, isn't isn't the same. So that's my only concern uh, with Willis. But I think to answer my own question or the question. I think Willis is the first one to go off the board because I think a team will take a chance on him, especially a team, right? All the, uh, the obviously it's the teams that need quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And so if you're Carolina, heck, if you're the Saints and you can make a move because they have, I think, two first round picks, I think they have 16 and 19 or something, they can move up and say, hey, we're going to take a chance on this guy because we have Winston, who's good. He's, you know, he's not a superstar, but he's good. Maybe Willis mm-hmm. can sit. It's one of those teams that has like a gap quarterback. Even Atlanta, I think of the teams. Carolina has Darnold. Again, that's not your guy. So you can bring someone in and, and afford to let Willis sit for a year. Uh, Atlanta just signed Mariota. Again, mm-hmm. not a superstar. So you're not, wor- he's a gap quarterback. So he can sit a year and wait. Right. The Saints have Winston. He can sit. So one of those situations where he can sit and develop for a year or two and see mm-hmm. what you got. I think one of those teams, I think, is the one that takes a chance on a guy like him because his That's talent, fair. regardless of now, against everything that I just said, regardless who he played against, his mm-hmm. talent is undeniable. You can see something there. It's just raw. Right. Yeah. That's fair. So that's NFL. Uh, no. So I gave him a hot take. Two mm-hmm. quarterbacks, the two best quarterbacks. That's it for me. Is there anything else you're looking questions. for in the draft? Give me your four questions. Because um, then we're going to get to... Our last I'm, when I when I think about when I think about Jacksonville and I hear a lot about the kid from Georgia being the first overall pick and Tony uh, Hutchinson, like it, yeah, I don't like it, and the reason why I don't like it is because oh. I'm thinking, of, and the reason why I don't like it is because I'm thinking about what you guys have on the offensive side of the football. You got a franchise quarterback, and you need to protect him, and I think that you need to beef up that offensive line more than anything. And I think that okay. going offensive, because I think defensive guys, there are plenty of defensive guys who are great that I could find. Like, just like I, I can find offensive linemen later on in the draft, but I could definitely find defensive guys later on in the draft. I, if I, if memory like serves that. me correct, they have, I think the Chiefs, and I think, I mean, it might be the Jags, have 12 picks in this draft, the most mm-hmm. of any other team. And so, yep. and it's, it is very defensive heavy. So mm-hmm. I think you you know if you're gonna make a mistake, I hate you don't want to make a mistake at number one, but I think you might be no. right. Let, let's protect the franchise, right? You might yes. you might be now. They might kick themselves later on, but if it helps that offensive line, it helps uh, Lawrence develop. Then it's it is the right move if it works. And if you get well, an offensive lineman and he's a bust or he's hurt and he never plays, then people look back. It's easy to second guess, but I see what you're saying. Well, that's what I'm saying, Tom. Because when you look at when you look at the offensive line, the defensive line in a defensive player. So if I'm taking a guy number one overall in the draft, is he going to turn into Aaron Donald? You know, is he going to turn into Warren Sapp? Is he going to be one of those kind of guys? Is he going to be he Reggie better White? be like Miles Garrett? Yeah, right. Is he going to be Miles Garrett? Is he going to is he going to be that guy? Now, when I get an offensive lineman at number one, you know, I'm looking at Anthony Munoz. You know, I'm looking at a guy like that who's going to be 
a big part of what we're doing in yeah. terms of our protection because when you get it, when you get a, a legit offensive line, now you get to find out if you got the quarterback that you was looking for. You absolutely because now it's no same thing with the Cowboys. That offensive line is short up. Now what we got to do is we got to continue to develop what's going on here in our backfield. Okay, no, I'm I'm with, I'm with the thinking. I'm with the thinking. All right, now it's time for bell drop. Drop. Here we go. Question one. It's always people. Why? Can't, I wish people could spin their questions to be positive, but no, no. Let's stay negative. Absolutely. We we choose we choose violence. Uh, the Mets, the Jets, the Nets, all former all former or current New Jersey teams. What's the worst franchise? Well, let's see. My Mets won the World Series. They went to the World Series twice in my lifetime, three times in my lifetime, and we won it once. Uh, the Nets went to the NBA Finals twice. Back to back, back to back. Jay Kidd. You, you know the interesting thing about that, Tom? Nobody cared. No, <laughs> it was no. It was it was it was one of those. Who was in the finals? And, and, and even though the Lakers mocked them, and then San Antonio served them in six games, it was like nobody cared. It wouldn't have been even close to it. Like if the Knicks were in the finals in back to back years, New York City would have shut down. Oh yeah, the, tri- the tri-state area would have shut down. It's like almost like nobody cared. The Jets are an ongoing joke. They've always been an ongoing joke. They are, oh, they're a joke. They won Super Bowl three. Yeah, that was, and I I believe that my mother was like in grammar school when they did that. So um, (laughs) um, um, the the Jets are an ongoing joke. They went to the AFC championship game two years in a row with Mark Sanchez. And since then, they haven't done any. That was in 2010 and 11. And since then, I mean, Vinny Testaverde, which, by the way, Tone, I, I had a little bit of a soft spot when, he tore up his Achilles because I had them in the Super Bowl that next year with Keyshawn Johnson because they lost an AFC Championship game in Denver. So I'm thinking the next year, yo, the Jets are going to – nope. Vinny yeah. comes out in game one, tears up his Achilles, is out for the season, and they got Ray Lucas. My man, Ray Lucas. I I, I grew up around Ray Lucas. I, we, 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 I know Ray Lucas. But to answer your question, I think it's the Jets. It's either Actually. the Jets – it's either the Jets. It's a close between the Jets and the Nets. The Nets ended up moving out of Jersey. Well, I think that's what saved them um, <laughs> from being from being number one. And I think when I look at listen, if you look at historically, just the entire the entirety of their existence. Mm-hmm. But I, I also look at well, what's happened kind of most recently. So you're so the Mets. I would have said you know if you asked me this maybe 10, 15 years ago, I might have easily quickly said, oh, it's the Mets. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, you know, again, the Nets have had some recent success, like you said, about those two back-to-back finals appearances. And now, even though they got swept this year, but, you know, they've, they've tried to, since they've moved to Brooklyn, tried to build themselves up. The Jets, interestingly enough, I think, I don't know if we dealt with this on Conspiracy or not, but maybe we should. The Jets, the Jets were gifted that Super Bowl, Super Bowl three, which technically was, it should actually be Super Bowl one. Because they actually didn't call it the Super Bowl the first and second year. That name was kind of coined in year three. And Joe Namath guarantees the win, throws more interceptions than touchdowns. I think he threw for like 116 yards. I don't know how he became this superhero. Uh, like off the field, maybe on the field. I have no clue. I have no clue how he became this superhero um, other than his bravado. And, and, and people will tell you. People will tell you that game was fixed because if the Jets don't win and the 
NFL wins, right? All the first three of these Super Bowls versus the AFL that people are like, forget it. It's it's not, this merger isn't going to work because the NFL teams are so much better than the AFL teams. And there are people who said this game was fixed. Yeah. Talk about that on conspiracy. So so that's your only, what else, what other success do you have? None. Other than one that's, that's, that's engulfed in conspiracy, you have no success. Every time, you know, someone, Zach Wilson, is he a good quarterback? If he went to another team. <laughs> maybe it's just everything that can go wrong with this poor team you know just does so i'm gonna i'm gonna easily say for me and, it's the jets and, and it doesn't help it doesn't help me the tone since you know the mets we're not the yankees and the nets we're not the knicks and the jets you're not the giants so that that makes it even worse it does it does hurt it does <laughs> from you being from jersey you know it better right. than anybody else and it's funny i wanted to like the jets and you know why i wanted to like the jets this story is you're you're gonna because I, as most people my age did, mm-hmm. I had the biggest crush on Alyssa Milano when I used to watch Who's the Boss as a kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, whew. Mm-hmm. and so we were the same age, by the way. Just in case anybody's thinking, is like, and there's an episode where her dad Tony Danza and whatever Mona and Angela they go to this bar, and the crazy Jets fans. And they're banging the table, drinking beers. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Hum. And I'm just like, I don't know why I thought that was so, like, they always calm themselves down. Hum. And I, was, I thought it was so funny. I'm like, oh, I like these guys. Who are the Who are the Jets? Let me follow those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. It was just, it did not work out. It did not work out. It did not work out. All right. Second question. I like, I like when they ask these com- com- comparisons. Someone, crazy, said Trey Young is better than Chris Paul would ever be. And there's no way Chris Paul, today, today, Chris Paul would have done better with this Atlanta Hawks team. So I ask you, this is the question, or they ask us, if you switch Chris Paul for Trey Young, does this Atlanta team get better or worse? Well, this is a very simple answer for me, Tom. Rewind the clock back two years ago. Do you remember before Chris Paul gets on that Oklahoma City team where you thought they were going? I had them at the bottom of the Western Conference. Even with Chris Paul on the team, I did not have them making the playoffs. I had them getting dump trucked by everybody. He gets them in the playoffs. People, 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 people were fooled by that 8-0 and bubble run. Absolutely. Gets them in the playoffs, right? That's exactly what he does. Gets on this Phoenix team. Gets them to the NBA Finals. He gets on this Atlanta team. I'm not saying that he's taking them to the finals, but I think that they're a playoff team. I absolutely believe that they're a playoff team. Now, if you put Trey Young on that Oklahoma City team two years ago, no. I think that they're in the lottery again. I think that they're getting motivated. I absolutely. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not buying that at all. I think Chris Paul is a better all-around point guard and leader than Trey Young. I th- and I'm a big Trey Young fan. I think he's a top five point guard in the game. I absolutely believe that's home. But – as of today, I'm taking Chris Paul over Trey Young. Okay, let's go through the franchises Chris Paul has been on. Mm-hmm. So he starts with um, New Orleans, mm-hmm. New Orleans Hornets. The Hornets, that's I say they, they were called at the time. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to where does he go before the Rockets? Am, am, am no, I he goes one? to the he, no, he goes to the Rockets. Goes to the Rockets, and then mm-hmm. he goes to the Suns. Nope. 
forget you don't forget Oklahoma City. What I forgot. Oh yes, Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Yes, I forgot Oklahoma City. I knew there was one I was forgetting. Yep. For all five of those, when do they have their most wins in franchise history? When he on the roster. All five of them mm-hmm. have their most wins as a franchise when he's on the team. Mm-hmm. So yes, is Trey Young younger, faster, a better shooter? Uh, you know, does not dish. He dishes out assists like crazy. Absolutely. The thing is, what Chris Paul does, and I, people know me. I am not a big Chris Paul fan. So when I right. say this, you know, it's I have no choice but to say it. You put Chris Paul on that team. Everybody else gets better. So even though he's not putting up the stats of Trey Young, I, I, I 100% agree with that. But Capella gets better. Uh, everybody just gets better. They're, they get easier buckets. Their defense steps up because he keeps them in the right position. Mm-hmm. And that team has more wins. And probably, look, do they still lose in the first round to, to Miami? Probably. Mm-hmm. But it, I bet you it's not 4-1. And if it is 4-1, they're closer games. So even at his age, I'm saying Trey Young's a better individual player, mm-hmm. but I'm taking Chris Paul to lead my team at this point. Trey Young still has time to develop and change, whatever. It's just it's too early to start this Trey Young over Chris Paul. Yeah. So that's that. So I agree. Up. Listen. I'll put it here. Here. I'll, I'll I'll put it here. So let me know. Right here. We got. Where is it? This would be right below us. Trey Young, Chris Paul. Today, you're to lead your team this year. Right. We're not talking about longevity because. Trey Young's so much younger. So let me let's go back to the beginning of this season. Back of this season. Who are you picking to lead the Atlanta Hawks roster? Chris Paul or Trey Young? That's the question. All right. That's it for this week. Have a great NFL draft. Enjoy the rest of the first round of the playoffs. We will be live Monday on TikTok at 8 p.m. Don't forget to check out Xavier Top Floor, the flip, or you can find Spotify there. He's got a ton of songs. He's fantastic. Um, we're close. We're close to May the 9th or 10th. What's that? That's the week after next. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. Get, we're getting close. We got a big announcement to make. Uh, we're going to be live in Florida and Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's coming on the, I th- want to say it's the 9th or the 10th. We'll give you more details as we finalize everything. Mm-hmm. We will not be playing one-on-one on the, on no. the boat. There's no basketball court, unfortunately on the yacht. Um, however, find a, if we find a hoop, we might sh- we, we might we might shoot around a little. See if we can bit. get some shots up a little bit. We might get some shots some, up. Get some shots up. Depending and depending on how bad it is, we might post some of that footage. But uh, <laughs> we also might <laughs> clank break. <laughs> All right. So until then, take it light, but take it. Yes, it's sir. the only thing we understand. I'ma stand till on Jersey in the stands. I'ma hit yeah, you on the slide. I don't never slip.